0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Blonde Intelligence, where we always seek to give you exquisite cranial repertoire. This week, we are going to talk about mental health and hip hop. We have three very special guests today. We have Mr. Rhyme Rockin' Nephew Michael. We have Mr. James Wooder, OG, Dove Mac. And we have licensed therapist, Ms. Montoya Key. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Hello. Morning. The ultimate goal of hip hop mental health is to cultivate a level of consciousness and empowerment through healing of shame, insecurities and low self-esteem. So today that's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to bring forth some consciousness because I believe in different things but I really believe that the in the lyrics that people write influences other people and of course, Matoy, you know, music has always been, music therapy has always been used in mood disorders. So I just felt like that we needed to talk about it today, especially for some of the younger artists. A couple of facts about Black people and mental health. This is Blacks are most likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia rather than mood disorders compared to white counterparts with the same system symptoms so asking everyone on the panel why do you think that blacks are labeled as aggressive and 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 and, and crazy and all this kind of stuff when they're expressing expressing how they feel rather than they're having a bad day well anybody.
1: well because um I feel that um we have been in most stressful situations put in stress uh just being black period and every everybody want to make an excuse for it you know but really it's not that we are black we have been um put in a whole lot of situations by being black so because we shout out about it we have a problem now no, we don't have a problem we're not schizophrenia we're just tired of drama and we get mad <laughs> and upset just like real people you know other people in the world do too so there's so nothing are,
0: so are you saying that the rest of
1: the world don't look as black people as real people yeah a What's lot of case? them don't I wouldn't say the rest of the world, but far as the uh, other white uh, pigmentation, because they they put us here as property. So to them, they don't treat us like we're real people. What about, we are black, some,
0: what about blacks outside of America?
1: Well, they only know what the media put in, in their face. So of course they... Uh, have a uh, perception of us because, you know, the media portray us to be uh, ruthless and hootlums and all this type of stuff. But they don't show the good side of us. They don't show the good, the stuff that we've been through until the Floyd incident. Now they're starting to realize that, you know, we have been going through a lot you know uh, in this world that we live in which is america
2: i was going to add um schizophrenia is one of those that um it is one of those diagnoses i do see given a lot more um just because of the aggressive they say quote unquote that we have a lot of times um I've seen it given a lot into juveniles who have committed serious crimes. But a lot of times, once you get in there and I've got to working with them, I realize it's a lot of trauma. It's a lot of hurt. It's a lot of pain that they weren't given the opportunities the same as their white counterparts. Um, Mm -hmm. Instead of them getting maybe a slap on the wrist and a chance to be um, getting a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, basically basically getting uh rehabilitated we we pipeline we pipelining our kids to prison and I feel like that's the reason why i um i find it hard to work actually there in the system because it's like you're fighting a system that has already been put together to basically take our children down that way and put them in prison especially with that diagnosis they're automatically right. going to be because it's going to follow them throughout any the out throughout childhood into adulthood. When they get stopped, it's something that comes up on their register. They, a lot right. of people don't know that. With certain diagnoses, anytime you get stopped by the police, it automatically shows up. So that's why you have to be mindful on who gives your diagnosis and when you can get a second opinion because you can get a second opinion. Okay. Well, another fact
0: that I found is that blacks are more often to suffer from trauma and violence which impacts mental health at all ages, but which we all just went over there. You talked about the children, you talked about when you were young, and, and the the uh, the angle in which you look at it from. It says blacks are now facing not only the old trauma but new trauma with COVID nineteen. I mean, so how have y'all been dealing with COVID
2: nineteen? I I will say that. I have been, um, as a person who was exposed to somebody, they <laughs> got a mask on. <laughs> I can't tell a person they can't come see me because they're dealing with their own issues because being a person that's considered to be on the front line, I have to be there to provide their service. So as a person who's been exposed to somebody who did not tell me they had COVID, it did, um, it did scare me. It kind of made me mad. It made me frustrated. I wanted to like just, I do not know how I feel. Okay. Some triggers that I have found
0: of causes of stress and anxiety for blacks are grief, financial, police brutality, news media, and political rhetoric. Blacks are twice as likely to report serious psychological distress and feelings of sadness, but less likely to die from suicide. So, what are y'all thinking about the black people being found hanging from trees, and the police saying that it's suicide?
1: False.
2: Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that one bit. I don't. I don't think it is either. I think it's some retaliation stuff going on. Yeah.
3: Growing up, in, growing up in a, in, a, in a preacher's house. Growing up as a black. Man, well, you know, we had, I had them old school grandparents. You know, back in the day, I missed them, my and them big mamas, because, you know, you, nice. it, was, it was the regulations in the house. And, you know, it, it was, it's like um, depression and suicide. Man, I, we was taught as kids that if you kill, you said you go to hell. So even though I fought growing up, I fought suicide. <laughs> I didn't want to go to hell. So I
1: didn't kill
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I can I can understand that too. <laughs> I don't want to go
0: there. Sad that I was, <laughs> I didn't want to go there. Right. So, so we're all in agreement that we don't think that any of those people decided. Oh, I wanted to kill myself, and I'm just going to pick this way right here to do it. You know, now.
1: those thoughts have. Those thoughts come across your mind, but actually doing it,
0: The thought, okay, this is what I'm going to say. And I said this before. I feel like, yeah, some black people or people of color, however politically correct you want to be, do suffer from depression enough to want to kill themselves. But it is the manner in which you will kill yourself. Most of the time, you don't want to hurt yourself while you're doing it. So but who is going no. to decide that I'm going to put this rope around my neck and go jump out this tree? No.
2: Who does that? No.
0: And it happens over and
3: over again in the same little... No, no. 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 You don't
2: find it too many people do that in general, no matter what color they are. Yeah. Most people... Most... Mm-hmm. Most people, guns, medicine, you know, maybe car rigs. But to jump out of a tree, the statistics are very low with that. Mm-hmm.
0: That just sounds like it would hurt. Yeah. I guess I'm not now, suicidal now. then.
2: And I, I know it happens. And being that I work with people, depression is real. I and I think a lot of times we don't acknowledge it. I find in, in, in dealing with people of color, sometimes we don't want to acknowledge it. We'll be dealing with it and we don't want to talk about it. But, you know, when they get to that point about suicide, jumping out of trees, has been like one of the least I've heard. Now I've had guns. I've had medicine. But hanging cells has been like, I haven't had that one yet.
0: (laughs) So these are some of the stigmas about mental health in the black community. One of them is black men are not supposed to cry. And another is black men are not supposed to go to counseling. And I know from, I I would say from being smaller, I would see um, family members (laughs) who had like drinking problems and they would get old and they would put them like in the back room instead of taking them to get help. Or they know that somebody that slipped a Mickey and somebody drinking, they walking around talking to themselves or they got a hold of bad drugs or whatever I have seen really the families not take those people for help so what do y'all think about the stigmatisms that they have on the stigmas that they have on black men and mental health about getting services well those stigmas um,
3: you know uh, the black men not supposed to cry a lot of us was raised that way. I had a mother that if I failed to scrape my knee and I came in the house crying, she was sobbing. You better not cry, you're not no punk. You know, so I, uh, we're made to believe that way. We're not supposed to cry, we sissies if we cry. And you know, that's why a lot of stuff I tell people now, I'm like, you know, if I were to do this when I was young, when I was, like I said, being abused at home, if I would have knew that talking to somebody about it
0: would have helped
1: me,
3: I would have done because that, you but said that because
0: the third stigma that I have is that black men worry about the stigma itself exactly it exactly. was all it
1: was all a way to kill us because when you don't let stress out yep. it stays in and it kills you so crying is a form of releasing stress Yeah. you get what I'm saying so if they teach us not to cry, then what's that going to do? We're going to have shorter lives. because It's you know,
0: going to build up anxiety and depression yeah. and aggression right. and all those right. things that they label. Right. It, leads yeah. to,
2: it leads to high blood pressure, cardiac arrest. Right. It leads to right. all of it. Right. All of it. All of it. Like, as, as a woman, I, to die. I, yeah, <laughs> and, as a woman, I had to take ownership because I, too, used to think that because I grew up in a military household. So I wasn't to be soft as a girl. That wasn't something I did. And then so when I had my son, I was like, listen, i not be doing all that crying." But then when I realized nurture versus nature, he's going to need yeah. me to nurture him and be that woman. But also stand strong and hold on and let him know, hey, you got something to do, but I'm still here behind you. I got you. So I do and know me. that your
0: mama is going to come and going to beat somebody up for you. I said mama bear is real.
2: real. I take real? Real. <laughs> It's real. I take these licenses and put them to the side behind my child. That's right. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm not no gangster, but don't push. That's my baby. You know, right. and so <laughs> I I tell my son <laughs> all the time <laughs> I hug my baby. I love my baby. <laughs> I love my son, but I also hold tight to that, you know. And I think that's why when I was working in the juvenile system and I was seeing so many of young men coming in there for murder and everything, and when I get them in the room, they can be the toughest thing in them in them halls, and they taking everybody food and everybody just automatically. They just need to go to prison. They need to go to prison. Then I get them alone and I'm talking to them. Maybe some of the the tears you've never seen. And everybody else scared of them on campus, but I can talk to them and I can get them to do anything I need them to do because they just want to be heard. You know, you can't yeah. you can't rule with that arm fist all the time. But sometimes that's all they know. All
3: right. Yeah, So that's
0: how. I right. okay. okay, so I'm gonna move to the next thing, which is how black people self-medicate. It says black are more likely, more likely to binge drink, smoke, illicit drugs, use illicit drugs, um, to abuse prescription pain relievers. Um, and it's a uh, frequent among people who have undiagnosed mental health issues. So it brings me to my question of Lyrics and music. A lot of the lyrics in the music is talking about binge drinking, about smoking weed and smoking whatever and using pills and popping mollies and all of that. But it says that music acts as a medium for processing emotions, trauma, and grief. So, do you think that it's a trend that these artists are jumping on now? I'm talking about independent artists because most of them write their own music. Is it a trend that they're jumping on talking about these things or are they actually reaching out for some type of health in, in some type of mental health capacity?
1: I think it's a trend. They say whatever's hot. Not, okay. Nobody's original. Nobody's really original no more. I'm original. I don't even talk about that kind of stuff but I'm just saying but a lot of the new artists, they all speak on the same thing. And whatever future come out with, if he's selling, all the rest of them is saying the same thing. You get what I'm saying? So nobody's really the original. So half of them probably don't even touch the stuff. They hmm. just sing.
0: Yep. Well, what how, do, how do you determine them from the ones who are actually writing about experience?
1: It's hard because, you know, they only going to the up and coming people are listening to what they doing and they're going to mimic what they do. You get what I'm saying? So that's what they doing. They mimic it. They're not really being original. So, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe the original person that said it, maybe they is doing it. But when they got these new other artists that's listening to them. Oh, that sounds tight. So now they doing it. Then they might even go experience popping the pills and all that stuff because of what they said. You get what I'm
0: saying? So it's acting as an influence then.
1: I would say, yeah. Okay, what you think, Mr. Michael? Pie pipe.
3: Oh. I'm, I'm I'm like this, man. I'm I'm looking at it because it, it it reminded me of when they used to say that you know when, when the gang uh, stuff went sky high and they was blaming it on hip hop. I don't believe that because you know I I started
0: gang banging in the early eighties and we didn't have easy, none of that. To- so do you think that music is not being used for therapy anymore? It's not. Mm-mm
3: it's not hip-hop came out just to express themselves hip-hop wasn't done for money it wasn't done for fame it was just brothers getting on the corner expressing themselves with what they're seeing and what's going on in that community and it went big this is why I tell people now I'm like I do music because I love to do it not because I'm trying to get paid I can keep doing construction and that's the whole thing right now these new kids that want to be hip-hop artists they're coming in strictly to try to get the bag and try to get rich and try to be bought and so that's why I rap. so they gonna do whatever's trending they gonna rap whatever's trending somebody making me talking about shooting me with his art everybody going rap about it a lot
1: of these kids are, are gonna do it you know like I said we come from a different generation we are in a we are in a uh, generation of followers yes. we was leaders we was leaders yeah. we did stuff because we wanted to do it and we felt like that was the right thing to do. It may not have been, but that's what we felt and we did it. But we didn't do it because John Doe was doing it. We did it because we wanted to do it. You hear what I'm and saying? That's-, that's the difference.
2: I definitely agree with that. I think a lot of times a lot of these kids are following trends. Um, I do know, though. Sometimes it is hard to decipher who has really gone through stuff. but when you do I, I used to do a talent show with my my boys that were locked up and I would make them because they so verbal and they cuss you out and they go off. I tell them put your words on paper. And when mm-hmm. I tell you some of the realest stuff that you can hear and would we'll shut a whole room down a room of 25 aggressive young men, I mean some of the realest stuff you would ever hear just stuff they've gone through. And then so it just upsets me when I see young people who really ain't never just went through nothing. Not to say I'm judging them because I don't know, but it just, it hurts me to see, you know, it's really people who've gone through stuff and then you just got a trend. I see, I see it with my young girls. Oh, um, Miss Key, you know, she got her eyelashes done. I'm going to get mine done like that. You know, everybody want to be somebody instead of just it sound being like a little
0: baby. jealousy too.
2: Well, it was more so I want to be like her because she's got this and she's got that. And I said, well, what happened to us trying to get it on our own and trying to work hard for it instead of looking at music and thinking that's the way? Because nobody, you, you got to work for what you want, baby. But, you know, sometimes they, young girls, you know, OK with popping mollies and I, I'm like, honey, I'm 36 and you looking older than me. You know, you got to blow up, you know, I'm not saying I've been perfect my whole life. But what I'm telling you is with the rate you're going, you're not going to have life much longer.
3: Yeah. I changed my music, and uh, I, I, all my music is positive now. It's, you know, I call it gospel street, gospel ghetto gospel.
1: That's true. I ain't never said I was perfect, but I try yeah. to lead by example as much exactly. as I can. Relief. Yeah, I, I was part of that. I was in the nationwide Rip Riders when I came out on the on the uh, music uh, scene, and then uh, years later, I, I created a. a I wouldn't say it's an organization, but it was like a, some type of, it's not an organization, but it's like that. It's called United We Stand against gang violence. You know what I'm saying? And um, because we was all part of that, that early coming on, I didn't know that it was going to get as big as it got. And, um, and as i got older you know because i got into church and i got into you know even though i was already raised in the church because even my lyrics on the nationwide rear rider project i was speaking about god on them lyrics so I, I wasn't like one of the hardcore bangers you know what i'm saying that was on the album because a lot of them got killed just to mm-hmm. keep it 100%. A, a lot of the hardcore game bangers that was on that album are not living today. Yep, and I was blessed to get
0: through that, but I was around when I heard them getting killed. Well, thank you. I guess I'm gonna plug myself. This is the new Blind Intelligence podcast. You can find it on all major podcast platforms. Um, you can also find the actual video on all the Blind Intelligence video channels. Uh, You can go to www.blonde-intelligence.com and all the information, the blog, everything will be there. And I appreciate everybody for coming.